And I'm Scott. And we are Fired Up, Ready to Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 6 of the podcast. We are back from vacation and fired up going into the fall. And our goal is taking back the house, and we are going to be very busy. So, uh, it's a week here where we have lots of stories about the threats that are coming to President Trump from every which way, it seems. So, let's get started with our quiz. Okay, I've got the first question, which is a true or false. True or false. Revenue derived from foreign sources at Trump's hotel in D.C. are guaranteed to be revealed thanks to the case charging that the president is in violation of the Emoluments Clause. Question two. How many newspapers published editorials last week reasserting that the free press is not the enemy of the people? About 100, about 350, over 500. This one is a true or false. True or false. The White House counsel, Don McGahn, has cooperated extensively with Mueller's investigation due to concerns that Trump was setting him up to be the fall guy. Okay, here's another. How many charges is Paul Manafort facing in his trial, which moved into the deliberation phase last week? Eight, a dozen, or 18? Now we have uh, former national intelligence and security officials are losing their, clear, their security clearances because A, the clearances are set to expire, B, the, the officials revealed classified information, or C, as a distraction. And the last question is a true or false. True or false, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser is working with Trump to reduce the costs so his military parade can move forward. All right. There's your questions. Let's get on with the show. Good luck. And now, domestic Trump troubles. Our first story is courtesy of the New York Times, which uh, this past week had a headline, Justice Lawyers Try to Halt Trump Financial Records Release. The article begins... Justice Department lawyers asked a federal judge Friday to let them file a legal appeal that could, for now, keep President Donald Trump's critics from getting access to financial records related to his Washington, D.C. hotel. End quote. Okay, now you may recall my previous report of how a court in Maryland denied this appeal, setting the stage for the attorneys general of Maryland and D.C. Uh, to move to the discovery phase of their joint case which would include details into the foreign sources of profit for Trump's D.C. hotel. Well, this latest article means that the Justice Department is asking that that phase be put on hold while they appeal to a higher court in Virginia. Now, stay tuned, people, because according to D.C. Attorney uh, Carl Racine, Attorney General Carl Racine, uh, he says, quote, After winning two major rulings in this case already, we anticipated Trump's most recent notion. Motion. Nonetheless, our case is still moving forward. We are on track to propose a schedule for discovery by September 14th, and we hope to request relevant documents shortly thereafter. Oh, please, please. End quote. Yes, stay tuned indeed. 
This story is sourced primarily from the New York Times and the Boston Globe, who it should be handed to for putting out the call to newspaper editorial boards across the country to speak out in unison, albeit not uniformly, in defense of their role of speaking truth to power and denouncing the president's accusations that the mass media has become the enemy of the people, a tactic widely known to be used by the most authoritarian and dictatorial leaders throughout history. Over 350 news organizations accepted the Globe's call and published their individually composed statement of the invaluable role of the free press in our society. Mm. This is in stark contrast to the event not long ago when Sinclair Broadcast Group required all of their station's news anchors to recite the same mm. script, warning its viewers of uh, the, um, on the oncoming onslaught of fake news, and in doing so, they kind of illustrated the very thing that it was warning against. Uh, now, one notable non-participant in the coordinated campaign was the Capital Gazette. Now, full disclosure, this, uh, the, the then Maryland Gazette was my hometown newspaper when I was growing up in northern Anne Arundel County, Maryland. Mm. The Capital Gazette <clears throat> is a decidedly local paper that was thrust into the national spotlight recently when a disgruntled reader bearing a grudge walked into the paper's newsroom and mm. opened fire, killing five reporters. Mm. On its editorial page of August 16th, the paper may have led from the rear by not participating in the Globe's call, but stating its reason for not doing so. Its editorial reads in part, quote, We realize, because of recent events, there may be wider than usual, wider than normal interest in what we say here today. We're just not coordinating with other news organizations because the president's opinion, frankly, is just not that important to us. <laughs> We are far more concerned with what this community thinks of us. Mm. Residents of Annapolis and Anderon County have made perfectly clear through words and actions that they understand our role in the community and respect it, even when they don't like it. So I say hats off to both the Globe and papers who joined it in expressly claiming the mantle of the Fourth Estate, and to the Capital Gazette and papers like it, who claim that mantle simply by doing their job. Mm -hmm. And it should be noted that the effort by the Globe and its co-compatriots, uh, resulted in the U.S. Senate passing a resolution from Senator Brian Schatz of Hawaii and Minority Leader Chuck Schumer expressing support for the media and stating outright that the press is not, quote, the enemy of the people. Yes, that's very important to be getting that out there, isn't in, it? All righty. The former Apprentice contestant turned White House aide, Omarosa Manigault, has released her book about Trump this week, titled Unhinged, and with it, a real shitstorm of allegations and promises of recordings, oh, that was my water falling, um, of Trump and others in his orbit. One tape had Trump's daughter-in-law, Laura, offering Omarosa $15,000 a month after being fired from the White House to ensure her silence. Nice job if you can get it. Right. Earlier in the week, Omarosa released tape of John Kelly firing her in the Situation Room in the White House. The fact that she was able to make a recording in the Situation Room was a breach of security protocols that shows how unprofessional this White House truly is. It also reveals John Kelly suggesting that Omarosa could face damage to her reputation if she did not leave quietly. 
Omarosa also claims she has heard a tape where Trump uses the racial slur, the N-word. Trump responded to these revelations by calling Omarosa that dog and a crazed, crying lowlife and by saying he will take legal action as he believes she has violated a non-disclosure agreement she signed during the campaign. Omarosa claims to have over 200 audio and video recordings. She has said she believes his mental health is in decline. And this morning, in an interview with Al Sharpton, she said, quote, I believe he wants to start a race war in this country, unquote. I'm not sure where this story is headed, but Trump seems to have trouble coming at him from this lady for sure. And I guess it just goes to show you want to, these are the kinds of people you want to surround yourself with in the White House, apprentice contestants who were villains on your reality TV show. Maybe don't be too surprised that this is coming back to bite you in the behind. So be proud, Donald. You've taught her well. Right. And wouldn't it be such just desserts if part of his undoing is from his own reality TV show compatriot. (laughs) I want to say a quick word about sources. Please understand that most of our stories are coming from our having watched uh, MSNBC and other TV media. That's not true. But then we do circle back Uh and, you know... Our exposure to them is... Our exposure to them, right. And then, um, you know, when we're writing up these stories, we will certainly... Refresh the clarity of our understanding by looking at other sources. So, with that said, this next story is sourced from USA Today, the New York Times, Newsweek, and the Chicago Tribune. This is about Paul Manafort, whose trial in Virginia has moved into the deliberation phase after both the prosecution and defense made their closing arguments, the latter without calling any witnesses, which is pretty notable there. Now, the judge has reported receiving unspecified threats Mm. and is, boy, wouldn't we like to know who those are from? Mm -hmm. And out of caution um, for the juror's safety, he is uh, keeping secret their identity. He himself has uh, said that he is under the protection of the U.S. Marshal. Now, the president himself weighed in on the... I think he was looking for protection from U.S. Marshals. Well, my sources tell me that he is under the protection of U.S. Marshals. Oh, excuse me. Because I follow up what I I watch (laughs) by citing other sources. (laughs) Uh, The president himself weighed in, saying the trial is a sad thing for America and that Manafort, facing 18 counts of bank and tax fraud, is a very good person. Now, Manafort's attorney expressed appreciation for the president's support of his client, and in doing so, may have breached ethical standards, Mm. as the American Bar Association Rules of Conduct on Trial Publicity state that an attorney should never say something outside the courtroom that he knows or should know will be disseminated via public communication with potentially prejudicial adjudicative effect, meaning... Don't say something outside the courtroom which could sway um, decisions by by jurors who may overhear that through public media. These jurors will resume their third day of deliberations on Monday the 20th. Meanwhile, Manafort's other trial in D.C. is set to begin in September, where he will face charges of 
conspiring to defraud the U.S., mm. failing to register as a foreign agent, money laundering, witness tampering, and making false statements. Like what a pres- nice guy. Yeah, like the president says, he's a very good person, which I guess <laughs> means that charges uh, like this befall good people all the time. Oh, my God. It's, and I think also, in your, as you're saying that, the president is, should not be making any such comments right. about cases, right? It's completely inappropriate. It's totally inappropriate. Both, both of them were called out for how inappropriate they were. But is that not illegal? It's just inappropriate? Or ethically questionable? Ethically questionable. Yeah, well, that's just par for the course with this administration. Exactly. And I have the best story of the week this week. CNN reports, D.C. Mayor taunts Trump after cancellation of military parade. Hooray! After it was reported that the costs of Trump's military parade were going to be $92 million, the event was finally canceled. (laughs) Trump, in his magnanimous way, went on to blame the Washington City Council officials, saying they had inflated the costs. Muriel Bowser, the Democratic mayor of D.C., fired back, saying, quote, I finally got through to the reality star in the White House with the realities, 21.6 million, of parades, events, demonstrations in Trump's America. Sad, unquote. The 92 million was a planning estimate that would meet Trump's intent, and about half of that is from non-military costs like security. So Trump will have to satisfy his need for military prowess on display by attending the big parade already scheduled at Andrews Air Force Base and by going to the military parade in Paris in November. Sorry, Trump. Now, how about using some of that money to take care of our veterans? This next story is sourced primarily from MSNBC's Rachel Maddow Show, as well as CBS News. Another security clearance was revoked this past week, that of retired CIA Director John Brennan, who led the organization's successful effort to to find and kill Osama bin Laden. Yeah, that guy. Now he can't be entrusted with government secrets, according to Sarah Huckabee Sanders, because, quote, Mr. Brennan has a history that calls into question his objectivity and credibility, end quote. Well, Ms. Sanders clearly doesn't understand the word objective because it is from such a framework that one lays out criticisms as Mr. Brennan has on many occasions. And as for his credibility, other past senior administrators of our nation's defense agencies have been coming out of the woodwork to attest to it. Janine will have more on that in a bit. But just in sum, only in an alternative universe with its own set of oxymoronic subjective facts is John Brennan neither objective nor credible. (laughs) But he does have plenty of company in that alternative universe, as the president has amassed a list of retired security and intelligence Mm. officials whose clearances are now on the chopping block. What do they have in common? Well, besides having criticized the president at some point, they were on the scene at the advent of the special investigation into collusion by Trump's campaign with the Russians. Now, what what does that make of all these people? What does that make of all these people? It makes them potential witnesses for not only Robert Mueller, but for House and Senate 
investigative committee hearings as well. Mm. Now, what happens when such witnesses uh, have their or security clearance revoked? Well, aside from not being able to consult their own classified notes in preparation for their testimony, which is the main benefit for which clearances are actually used, the other being to consult with their successors, the other consequence is their credibility is damaged, which begs the question, mm. is the key motive behind revoking these clearances to punish the president's critics or to tamper with potential witnesses? Oh, boy. Witness tampering, by the way, is a clear example of obstructing justice, so the Don may not be doing himself a favor in that regard. But Donald clearly isn't thinking about that. He's just thinking about what he can do to distract from the dumpster fires that plague his presidency. <laughs> in fact, in the midst of Rachel Maddow's interview with John Brennan, the first TV interview he's given since retiring, she broke to him the hot-off-the-press news from CBS that the Trump administration has these security clearance revocations all lined up with the intention to deploy them as needed to distract from other headlines. Good grief. The announcement of Brennan's clearance being revoked was time to distract from Omarosa Marigold Newman's headlines on the release of her book Unhinged and her tape she revealed of her being fired by John Kelly in the Situation Room and her accusations of the shitshow president using the N-word and so on and so on. So there are many aspects of the story, but to summarize, we've got one... Trump's enemies list of former national security and, and intelligence officials, which mm. harkens back to Nixon's enemies list. Two, officials not on the list asking to be put on it, creating what may be the loudest political outcry by high-level but decidedly non-political officers in our nation's history. And, last, the president actively adding to the list of obstruction of justice charges against himself. Oh my gosh. This story is really disturbing on so many levels. I mean, at first it was, you know, the thinking that he was just trying to silence his critics because John Brennan has been so vocal. But this sort of scary, you know, darker thought that he's trying to impair people's potential testimony right. and ability to have credibility uh, since he's yanked their security clearances is really... I just think it's frightening. That interview that Rachel had with John Brennan was dark. and But at the same time, it was refreshing to hear what so many of us have been so concerned about being spoken aloud by somebody whose, really, his credibility is unquestioned. Right. And uh, speaking of John Brennan, this kind of segues naturally into our next segment. Yes, it does. I have the best people. I have the best people. I have the best people. Believe me. No, 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 no. We have the best people. Our featured person of the week, uh, for we have all the best people, is John Brennan. John Brennan, whose security clearance was unceremoniously yanked by, as he refers to him, Mr. Trump, earlier this week, was the former director of the CIA from March of 2013 to January of 17. He served as the chief counterterrorism advisor to President Obama. He spent 25 years in the CIA. He served in the White House as assistant to the president for Homeland Security between 09 and 13. He now serves as a senior national security and intelligence analyst for NBC and MSNBC. He was present in the Situation Room in May of 2011 when the U.S. 
conducted the military operation that killed Osama bin Laden. He's been a very vocal critic of Mr. Trump. He stated on Rachel Maddow Friday that he, quote, gave Trump a year to live up to the office. He didn't, unquote. He went on to say that, quote, having worked in the security and intelligence community for many, many years, these are not the type of people who are bullied or intimidated by someone of the likes of Mr. Trump, unquote. He also said on the program that he has been approached by uh, a number of lawyers and is considering legal action, not so much to reclaim his clearance, but to make sure the principle is to be defended and supported, and that this is something that should not be repeated, this yanking of clearances. According to CNN, after his clearance was revoked, over a dozen former senior intelligence officials denounced the decision, calling it ill-considered and unprecedented, and saying the action was nothing to do with who should and should not hold security clearances, and everything to do with an attempt to stifle free speech. And then on Wednesday, on the opinion page of the Washington Post, Navy Admiral, excuse me, Navy Admiral William McRaven. He is admirable. He is admirable. William McRaven wrote a piece in which he stated that, quote, John Brennan was one of the finest public servants I have ever known, a man of unparalleled integrity whose honesty and character have never been in question. Therefore, I would consider it an honor if you would revoke my security clearance as well so I can add my name to the list of men and women who have spoken up against your presidency, unquote. Ouch! Some of John Brennan's criticism of Mr. Trump have included many zesty tweets, of which I would like to read a few. And they are zesty. Donald, oh, so here's one. Donald Trump's press conference performance in Helsinki rises to and exceeds the threshold of high crimes and misdemeanors. It was nothing short of treasonous. Not only were Trump's comments imbecilic, he is wholly in the pocket of Putin. Republican patriots, where are you? Yeah. And another one. When the full extent of your venality, moral turpitude, and political corruption becomes known, you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. You may scapegoat Andy McCabe, but you will not destroy America. America will triumph over you. And another, this tweet, uh, he's talking about Donald Trump's tweet. This tweet is a great example of your paranoia, constant misrepresentation of the facts, and increased anxiety and panic, rightly so, about the Mueller investigation. When will those in Congress and the 30% of Americans who still support you realize you are a charlatan? Mm -hmm. And lastly, it is astounding how often you fail to live up to minimum standards of decency, civility, and probity. Wow. Seems like you will never understand what it means to be president. 
nor what it takes to be a good, decent, and honest person. So disheartening, so dangerous for our nation. So he has come under some fire for making some of these remarks, particularly the one that he said where it was nothing short of treasonous. Um, but you know what? I appreciate him calling a spade a spade. Exactly. And if there's ever a spade, it is Donald Trump. Who is such a fool, because the more he calls out his enemies with um, these punitive actions like revoking security clearances, the bigger of a platform he's giving them. You know, we said long ago, we were waiting to hear from the intelligence community to defend themselves en masse against this president, and now they are doing it. They are coming, as I say, out of the woodwork to line up behind Brennan, who right. is the national treasure. Well, I, I mean, the, the fact that Trump is questioning anybody else's integrity right. and ability to uh, maintain security clearances and uh, confidential information, when he himself had Russians uh, unattended in the White House doing whatever they were doing. And while his aide is sneaking, uh, recording... Right, in the situation, the situation room. room. Right. It's a joke. Yeah. So thank you, John Brennan. Thank you. And now, what the hell is happening in the Russia investigation anyway? The New York Times reports, White House counsel Don McGahn has cooperated extensively in the Mueller inquiry. Mr. McGahn and his lawyer had begun to fear that Mr. Trump was setting up McGahn to take the blame of any possible acts of obstruction. So they devised their own strategy to do as much as possible to cooperate with Mr. Mueller to demonstrate that Mr. McGahn did nothing wrong. Mr. McGahn has had at least three voluntary interviews with investigators, totaling over 30 hours, mm -hmm. in which Don McGahn described the president's um, fury towards the Russia investigation. He provided the investigators um, who were examining whether Mr. Trump obstructed justice a clear view of Mr. Trump's comments and actions during the firing of Comey, his obsession with putting a loyalist in charge of the inquiry, including repeated urgings of Attorney General Sessions to claim oversight, and Mr. Trump's attempts to fire Mueller. So, this sounds very interesting, very doesn't interesting it? Interesting indeed. Uh-huh. You're going to throw people under the bus? Mm -hmm. People are going to be aware of that. There seems to be a little bit of a theme here, doesn't there? Yeah. Right, right. I mean, the, the sort of dog-eat-dog -dog mentality that seems to be going on in that White House he is... He thinks that people are just going to bow down to him, but they're smart. They're protecting themselves. People are protecting themselves, and like I say, I just don't know which one of these... Which one of these things is going to bite him? You reap what you sow, Donald. That's right. And now for your Tweet of the Week. This week's Tweet of the Week comes from John Dean, who served as White House counsel for Richard Nixon. This week he tweeted, Nixon, generally very competent, bungled and botched his handling of Watergate. Trump, a total incompetent, is bungling and botching his handling of Russiagate. Fate is never kind to bunglers and botchers. Unlike Nixon, however, Trump won't leave willingly 
or graciously. John Dean should know. And now for your action of the week. This week's action is for you to go to the website swingleft.org. This is a great resource. Uh, if you are living in a competitive district, it will let you know that and you can do your local campaigning. But if you're not, it will show you a map of where the closest competitive districts are so that you can lend your support where it's needed most. And the good thing is, if you click on, if you put in your zip code and it shows you the map, it also shows you a number of activities that are happening uh, to support the election. So you can just, you know, point to one and it'll say, canvassing, this time, this date, uh, for this candidate, um, or whatever actions. There was one that's, you know, a fundraiser. So it doesn't have to just be canvassing. It can be a number of ways that you can be lending your support. It's a great resource. Check it out. And now for your inspirational quote of the week. The first quote of the week is from President Theodore Roosevelt, who said, Here is your country. Cherish these natural wonders. Cherish the natural resources. Cherish the history and romance as a sacred heritage for your children and your children's children. Do not let selfish men or greedy interests skin your country of its beauty, its riches, or its romance. Thank you, President Roosevelt. Our second quote of the week is from Hillary Clinton, who should have been our president, but unfortunately is not. She said, Take criticism seriously, but not personally. If there is truth or merit in the criticism, then try to learn from it. Otherwise, let it roll right off you. Thank you, Hillary. And that wraps up this week's podcast. So I would like to add one other thing, which is on the Anchor version, at least, of our podcast, there is a button where you can leave a message. We'd love to hear your feedback, um, or we'd really love to also, if you have a great political quote, we are looking for them. And we would love to add your quote to our quotes of the week. So if there's something that inspires you or you found something really great, please feel free to share it. And um, thanks so much. We'll see you next week. And that's all for this week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week and tell all your left-leaning but not very active friends about us. This has been a Common Production.